We live in such a society obsessed with achievement and achievement gets blurred with happiness. Yeah. And for me, I want to be soul satisfied. Welcome to January, my friends. I've never really been a fan of dropping a big rah-rah New Year's resolution episode at the very start of January because in my experience, we are basically still trying to recover from the insanity that was December, November. I mean, literally, the whole damn year is insanity. And when it comes to January 1, we just need a minute before we can start sort of dreamscaping the future. But my friend, it is now mid-January and I believe it's time. My intention for this episode is to provide you with some space, space to feel into possibility, space to dream. As Gloria Steinem so beautifully said from behind her rad tinted aviator glasses, quote, without leaps of imagination or dreaming, we lose the excitement of possibilities. Dreaming, after all, is a form of planning. And in the spirit of that quote, I bring you the incredible Bonnie Wan, who just dropped what is going to be a game-changing book called The Life Brief, a playbook for no regrets living. Just a bit of background on Bonnie. She has been on the show before, which we will get into in the episode. But Bonnie Wan is an author and speaker, as well as partner and head of brand strategy at the world-renowned advertising agency, Goodby Silverstein and Partners. As creator of The Life Brief, Bonnie helps people live with greater clarity, creativity, and courage by teaching them how to write creative briefs for their own lives. The Life Brief has evolved from a short-form biography agency talk into a workbook, workshops, and speaking appearances. At Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop, Jane Goodall's Activating Hope Summit, the 3% Conference, South by Southwest, Accenture, Apple, Google, Change.org, and more. My girl is becoming a global phenomenon, people. So take a deep breath and let this conversation take you to the higher altitudes where you can see your life clearly and hold it dearly. Enjoy, my friend, and welcome to 2024. You came on to my podcast in its first season. I want to say you were like maybe the fifth or sixth person I talked to. And this idea was just gaining traction. That was 2018, I want to say. And talk for just a second. For those who haven't heard that episode, you should go back and let's do it. But for those who haven't heard that episode, what's the center of the idea? And let me give the full title of the book. It's The Life Brief, a playbook for no regrets living. (gasps) Yes. Yes. And that came directly out of when my husband asked me, we were newlyweds. Yeah. And we're walking hand in hand across Valencia Street in the Mission in San Francisco. He said, do you want to have kids? Because I married you to spend my life with you. I don't need kids. What do you think? And I said, uh... I don't need kids. If we aren't meant to have kids, I don't need to push, but there's no way I won't venture into trying because at the end of my life, I cannot say I said no to the opportunity. And so I read all the time. What do people do on their deathbed? They recount 
the things they would have done differently. And yeah. I think deep in my soul, that's not my philosophy of life, but it's so easy to be caught in the waves, the chaos, and to just go with the rivers that are flowing. And so I'll give you the very short answer to the life brief for all the insiders of marketing yeah. and creative services. It's about writing a creative brief for your life. Mm -hmm. I'm a brand strategy director in advertising. I have been for 30 years of my life. I'm a career brand strategist. And the creative brief is the seminal tool where we distill all the research, all the gunk. And I call it, we find meaning in the messiness. That's mm -hmm. my job as a strategist for companies. I distill it down to what is your essence and what is the essence of your ambition. And I put that in a single line distilled into one word, three words, one sentence, right? And then a one page document that gives creative people that I work with in advertising the springboard from which to then become so brave, expansive, unexpected, innovative with their ideas, because now we know at the heart of it, what is the essence of what we're trying to do here. And so it's taking that practice of finding meaning in the messiness, distilling it down to fuck yes, clarity. Yes. And then living from that place and seeing all the wild and unexpected ways that life wants to deliver on that brief. And so that's doing that for everyday people. So I say I've made the leap from brand strategy to life strategy. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what's coming up for me is there's a freedom in discipline. There's freedom in commitment. In other words, like if we don't know what we're driving towards, we're going to drive in circles and curly cues and end up in some hideous strip mall parking lot that we never meant to be in. But it does require putting a stake in the ground. I mean, you know this better than anybody. You have a very big job at Goodby Silverstein and Partners. You have four children. You're firing on all cylinders. The biggest challenge is being able to pull up at a high enough altitude to even ask these questions. Like you're talking about, it's like being carried away by the river of everyday life. It's like we can barely keep our chins above the waterline, but we forget, Bonnie, that we can stand up and there is ground under there. We can stand up and get a good look around and the water will run around our knees and then we can decide which way to float and go float that way. And I think that's part of what you're saying is like, we are not victims here. We can stand up take a break and ask these big questions. Like, what do you say to people that are so lost in the overwhelm that they forget that? That it's not about quantity of time. That's what people get wrong. They think I need so much time. You're so privileged. You have, you know, you, you have the safety so that you can create space and it doesn't take long bouts of time. It's about the quality of your slivers of time. So it's about your presence and being able to practice dropping in, tuning in to yourself, tuning out of the world and the distractions. And for me, that happens in five minute slivers, Same. 10 minute 
road trip drive. It's how we aim our attention, right? And and that's what strategists do really well. It's mm-hmm. what lots of other, you don't have to be a strategist, right? Yeah. You can be a coach. You can be, a, I don't know, anybody who practices meditation, practices deep focus, Yes. It, I can drop in and then immediately drop out, snap out, right? Yes. It, 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 but it is a practice. I say, this is a practice, not a plan. And the most fundamental building block of that practice is the practice of tuning in. So if you don't do anything else, if you don't ever write a brief for your life or do any of the other practices in the book, just practice the first one, which isn't an exercise at all. It's a state of being and it's a state of attention. Mm. You're pulling it all in and dropping out of your mind because our mind can be a wicked labyrinth. It's a death trap. It's noisy noisy as fuck in there. I like to say, and I, I didn't coin this, but I heard it from a really wise teacher, Roger Halston. There is knowledge and then there is knowing. And knowledge happens in our heads. It's facts and figures, and we love, we're a data-rich world. Knowing happens below the neck, but we're living in a neck-up world, right? right. All of us on Zoom, and we over-celebrate the mind in our white-collar society, in our tech innovation creativity, but really the magic is below the neck in our guts for some of us, in our hearts, if we dare to be open-hearted and go there, but it's somewhere else and it's tuning in, dropping into that part of ourselves for maybe five minutes. If five minutes is too long for two minutes, however long that practice takes. So let me ask you this. I remember I got to see you speak at a retreat and literally to everybody listening, Bonnie got up there and within like I don't know, seven minutes, we were all sobbing our eyes out. (laughs) And one of the questions that sort of opened the aperture of doing the life brief work is the worst question and the best question of all, which is, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And it was so funny. That question sometimes makes me get this like sparkle in my face. And I'm like, oh, I love that question. Other times I'm like, I just want to lay down. Talk about the question, what do you want? And Mm. help coach us in how we ought to perceive that question and let it land. Like asking your mind, what do I want? It's going to be like, well, what do you mean? I could go for Thai. I'm sick and tired of how hectic my life is. But where do we take that question deeper? Yes, you are full of great questions. And I just want to say for a moment, Questions are a strategist's best friend, and not all questions are created equal. So what I love as a strategist are penetrating questions, because in advertising, we have to move at the speed of business, at the speed of culture. We don't have, like therapists, years to unlock someone. We have to unlock people within seconds, minutes, and we have to unlock a brand in days and weeks, not months or years. So We learn very quickly in the craft of strategy, we need to find the penetrating questions. And what I love about what do you want, it's very hard for an answer not to come up because our brains want to be good students. When we ask a question, we want to find the answer. That's what we do, right? Our brains, that's why 
questions hijack us too. And that's, I, well, that's why tuning into curiosity is the best way out of anxiety because mm. you pose a question, suddenly our brains Your go brain like shifts. a dog, right? Oh, 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 I want to yeah. find the answer. And so it's this cutting question. And yes, it can come on many levels, right? It could be, hmm, what do I want? What do I want to eat tonight? What do I hope for my birthday? Or it can be, what do you want in your heart of hearts? What do you want? What do you want that you haven't allowed yourself to admit even to yourself? So there's a whole expanse of how you ask that question. And then there's other versions of that question. What do you long for, Bronwyn? What do you crave? What do you want so badly that at the end of your life, you'll feel regret if you don't, if you didn't touch it or at least go for it? So, so many versions of that question, as are a lot of questions. And what I try to do is, and again, as a strategist, get the question, the version of the question that cuts through the bullshit, cuts through the noise, cuts through the clutter and confusion and complexity and drops you straight in to that place that you locked away because somebody in your life or an experience taught you, oh no, that's dangerous. Don't go there. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I love observing, working with, listening to, thinking about spellbinding communicators. And Bonnie, you're such a spellbinder. And one of the ways that you cast your spells is with silence. And I think as it is above, so it is below in the micro and the macro. Part of, I think what you're guiding people in with creating a life brief is distillation because it creates space. It creates silence. It creates simplicity. And part of what's so great about you as a communicator is you speak the way the life brief functions, right? You take us right down in and it's so amazing. So, okay, tiny quarter turn. I want to ask you, we've talked about like that deep question of like, what do you want? And giving yourself permission to just wish and dream and own it. What have you found in your journeys as someone who's been teaching this a while now? What is the like, most common obstacle that people don't even realize they have when they ask themselves, what am I longing for? Like, What's standing in the way of them articulating it and putting it down on paper? Well, the, you named the first one, which is permission. We don't give our kids that invitation. And I, I think we should. So many people in my workshops, there will always be one who says, what if you never allowed yourself to ask that question? Or what if you have no idea, your mind just goes blank. And again, I call it a practice because it gets easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. And we're out of practice. If we ever were in practice to begin with. And then we have all kinds of stories for why. You know, I had a woman in one of my retreats who said, my parents told me never ask that question because it will always lead to disappointment. And I come from Chinese culture where that is very selfish and Western. 
Yes. It's so self-centered. How dare you ask for what you want? Or women, we don't ask what we want. We ask what everybody else wants. Especially if we're mothers. Hell yeah. We're not allowed to ask shit like that. No, you're a bad mom if you ask. So we have so many stories about why that's a bad question. Don't, no, no, don't go there, right? We're, 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 and so we've been conditioned to not practice that. Not We've not been invited. We've not been given the permission and we certainly aren't practicing it. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is to give people ease, mm-hmm. active permission, And for them to allow whatever comes up to come out onto a page Mm -hmm. without judgment. And the first judge is ourselves and all the voices that we are, we collected along the way, our mom's voice. I'm sorry, moms don't mean to name mom first or our teacher's voice or whoever told us or taught us out of love, out of protection, out of trying to protect us. Yeah. Don't go there. So In the life brief, you are walking the reader through a playbook for architecting what is really operating instructions almost. It's like, Mm. this is your litmus test for whether or not you should do a thing or not. This is your reminder of who you are and who you came to be. There's all these things. Let's say I do the life brief. I fill it out. I'm like, hot damn, that feels good. I am doing it. It's great. How are we supposed to use it? How does it become a system that keeps serving its purpose and keeps getting updated? Like talk about the practical use of it. Yeah, yeah. So I've life briefed every part of my life and multiple times. So it saved my marriage twice, not just once, but twice. It has centered my parenting through the pandemic. And that was a really dark period. It's also propelled my career and tuned me into joy work, how to serve and give back. So you can apply, you can write many life briefs. This is not just a singular life brief. I also say it's a living document. It evolves as you evolve. It's not a one and done. But what happens when you get messy you collect the ingredients and most people skip right over the messy part because I'm type A, I go straight to action. We have all these mantras, have a bias for action. Mm -hmm. Just get to the solution, get to the answer. Don't stop, don't pause, just go, go, go. And so the get messy is, hey, let's stir in the mess a little bit. Let's play Mm -hmm. in the mud. Let's Mm -hmm. generate, let's see what comes up. Let's um, use a lot of, little instigators or prompts and different angles. And then once you have these ingredients, now let's make meaning. Now let's sort and separate the meaningful, the stuff that matters from the stuff that doesn't. And let's get it out. And now let's distill and then let's express. So that's the first two parts of the journey. Get messy, get clear. And getting clear means you get to the place where you look at your words And you're like, fuck, yes. You can't help. That feeling just comes up. You're like, yes, God damn it. That's what I want. Because once you get to that place, action is the byproduct. It's not something you have to work hard to get. Suddenly, the way you see the invitations, the, the decisions, it just becomes automatic. Crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah. And so the action doesn't, it becomes easeful and joyful, although there's always going to be 
housekeeping responsibilities, right? I got to show up and brush my teeth and have all my kids brush their teeth. That, that, that's not part it's of my mystical and, but... the, and the mundane, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have such the good words for it, but the mystical keeps us going. And now we know with that fuck yes feeling what the goosebumps mm. feel like. And so you start to get addicted to that feeling, that visceral feeling of aliveness and then nothing mm. else will do. That's so right. you automatically start moving away from the ho-hum, the meh, the okay, I'm going to go. And I'm not talking about the housekeeping. Those are our responsibilities, right? Yeah, Those yeah. No, I know what you mean. But the things that we just said yes to that suck or drain us of our energy, now mm. we get to say yes, triple exclamation to that thing because that's on brief. That's on brief. That's on brand. I love that. And I was just talking to Cherie, our mutual friend, Cherie. And God, we love, love, we love, love, Cherie. She's such a dream. Siren. We're siren. all siren. One of the things I was saying to Cherie was, it seems to me as a human being, did you ever see that movie in the 90s called Memento where that guy has yes. no memory? And, and he, he tattoos. tattoos notes to himself on his skin to remind himself what the F happened the day before, what even is anything. I'm like, I feel like every day I spend the first hour of the day just trying to remember what the fuck is happening and who I am. And on the days that I do it right, my little nervous squirrel heart that's beating 10,000 beats per second, if I do it right, my nervous squirrel heart is like, oh yeah, like I'm fine. I'm a glorious creature of the universe. I have a beautiful life. Life is good. All I have to do is the present moment. We got this. But when I don't remember and I forget to look at my own proverbial tattoos, my squirrel heart beats even faster all day long until I'm like an absolutely twitching purple minion. Remember how the minions would like drink a potion and vibrate and become purple angry freaks? (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I love sitting in conversation with you so much. That's That's exactly how it works. It is your tattoo. And I say this in the book. We're getting to sharp and sticky life briefs. So you have statements, you have maybe five declarations of what you want, but then we distill it into the sharp and sticky tattoo and I call it the t-shirt test, right? It's, I can't remember every line of my marriage brief, but I can remember mad love mm-hmm. and mad love. And there's a whole story behind that. And it it, it came from my the question my husband asked me, the penetrating question, are you still madly in love with me? And I was deer in the headlights, like, oh, and I, my brain went to the answer immediately. And luckily it didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just but it was say. like, hell no, what? And I backtracked and I was like, what do you mean? I mean, what is mad love? Anyway, was that a teenage thing? Like that doesn't... Does it happen to people who have been married for 17 years and have four kids and have moved three times? But in my brain, it was like, hell no, mad love. And that was the penetrating question that then spun me into when I was alone, do I want mad love? And that answer was hell Hell yes. What? I'm going to die on the vine now and shrink into this little prune and not ever feel the fire of desire again? No, no. I want 
mad love. And then it became, do I want mad love with Chip? And then that unpacked a series of questions because the questions take us deeper. And ultimately the answer was, yes, I want it with Chip. And I won't belabor the whole process, but then I wrote a new brief and was like, I am ready to fall madly in love with my husband again. And so there were four other statements in that brief, but our handle for it, our name, our tattoo is mad love. And so when he says mad love, it's a shorthand between us. I'm like, okay, I hear you. And I, it doesn't sex, by the way, everyone, yeah. but it does mean, yeah. hey, we're drifting. There's too much space between us. Yeah. Uh, do you still choose this? Do you yeah. still want to lean in? Because, hey, I need you to lean into this. So it's all this shorthand. So now I have so many. Yes. When I start wondering about money, I remind myself my wealth brief yes. is to be rich in relationship. If I can choose one thing to amass, it's the relational wealth. It's not money. And so stop chasing the green, stop chasing the next, whatever it is. Stay here, look at your child or stay here and walk with your husband. That other meeting can wait because this relationship can't. And even my career brief. Walk a path of fulfillment, not just achievement. Oh my God. Not a writer. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, I just still, I can write these little short things very, very well, but that's the strategist in me, right? And that's what I teach people. How do you get to your sharp and sticky tattoo to remind you not to become the purple minion, but to wake up in the morning? And I say to people, hey, do something irresistibly small towards your brief every day. And that irresistible tiny thing might be just reading your brief in the morning before you start your day. Yes. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh my God. I'm so inspired by that. And I just want to state that career brief phrase again, walk the path toward fulfillment, not achievement. Not just achievement. Not I don't mind just, if we love know, achievement. We it's love not, achievement, right? It's yeah. our resume values, you yes. know, versus our eulogy values. So yeah. I had this great Harvard professor, you know, who talked about the tension between the resume values, which are the achievements, the things we put on our CVs, and our eulogy values, which is fulfillment, joy, the, my integrity, my transparency, how I show up, and that both are potent. And it's the tension between the two that propel us into momentum. Mm. And so, Mm. but to me, we live in such a society obsessed with achievement and achievement gets blurred with happiness. And for me, I want to be soul satisfied. Yes. Yes. Both lead to exhaustion, by the way. (laughs) You can't get away from that. That really is true. I mean, you just said a whole freaking mouthful when you said that. Whether or not you're going for fulfillment or achievement, they both want their pound of flesh in a way, which is, where did I read this? God, was it Andy Grove that said this? I think he said, for every metric you're chasing in business, you need a counter metric Mm. that in order for you to achieve A, B better be working 
And mm. I, he meant that in some very linear business sense, but I heard it in, if I want to achieve all these things, I better be sleeping at night. Like I can't do that unless yes. I'm doing this. And for know? me, fulfillment yeah. is the drive. Achievement is the outcome. So if I'm chasing what fulfills me, that is what has garnered me all the achievement. It's yeah. what made me stand out as a leader, as a strategist, as yes. a advertising person, as a woman in business. I was a woman of color in business too. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't going after the accolades, but the accolades were a byproduct of standing in the joy. Yes. I love that. And also one other thing that I think is true that bears stating is that even like if I parachuted into your life on a random Tuesday at 445, I might see you looking at your email with your eyes bloodshot going like, holy shit, like this is, there's a lot going on. And it's the same is true if you parachuted into my life as a wife or a mother. Pursuing fulfillment doesn't necessarily mean ease. No, there's zero ease. I mean, I was thinking <laughs> about your life with as a mom of three, you know, a solopreneur, as a badass. Oh God. Coach and media personality. It's a hot mess. It, it is a hot fucking mess. At any time. And yeah. it's a hot mess. You got six people and a dog. There's no way someone is not melting down. That there is, is not right. a single minute That's that right. you don't have a meltdown. And you just keep rolling, you, you know? Just keep rolling. You just keep rolling. And the, I think what separates it is that if you're, you're going to be dealing with messes and meltdowns, no matter which path you choose, so better to have this byproducts of you pursuing your dreams and your truest self than to have the meltdowns and all the shit with you pursuing somebody else's dream and filled with regrets, right? Or doing the circles. What did you call it? Running in circles to me is an awful state of being, right? Yeah. Where you're chasing, 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 and it's, yeah. a, it's a ball of confusion and you're right. exhausted. Yeah. I was literally just coaching someone recently and I asked him, where do you want to be in five years? Because as a communication coach, like I want to know who that future self is and how do we start talking like that self today and being in the world as that self today. And he, my heart like went out to him because I know this look, it was the deer in the headlights look of like, dude, I'm just trying to get through this week. Like, I'm at my kids this game and I'm at my kids that game. Like I can barely make it through the week. I have no idea five years from now, which kill, you know, I it's- feel that. Um, and there's a difference in the type of exhaustion I find. Yes. Yeah. Right. When I am living out somebody else's plan for me or somebody else's dream, I feel wrung out empty. Dead inside. When I am wall to wall, but doing what I know gives me joy and I feel it along the way and the aliveness and the winds and the sparks and the openings, I fall asleep soul spent satisfied. That's and that's the difference. That's right. I can feel depleted, empty, hating, hurting, or I can feel, ah, I just exhaled and gave it my all. Yeah. And I know it made a difference. Yeah. 
And that's not about cause work. I just want to make sure everyone knows I work in advertising, Yeah, but it is for me, it's the aliveness of creativity, solving problems with yeah. innovative solutions, doing it in collaboration of people, and then affecting people in lasting and meaningful ways mm-hmm. through the joy work of and the joy hustle of the life brief. When this yeah. beautiful mash of creativity, fulfillment, clarity, and I get to do it for my kids as a parent, I get to do it with my friends. I get to do it in all the ways and corners. It's not a job title. It's a way of living that is from this neck down center. Oh, it just makes me want to just sink down when I hear you say that. Bonnie, you are honest to God, one of the most inspiring people I know. And I cannot wait for this precious artifact that's going to be dropped into human history. It's going to have ripple effects through so many lives. And I'm so excited. It's available January 16th. Pre-order it right effing now, peeps. Yes, it hits hits shelves and mailboxes on January 16th, but you can pre-order right now and you can do it at my website, thelifebrief.com or anywhere you like to buy your books. I just want to reflect back to you, Bronwyn. You have been the shining oracle of my world. You have taught so many people in the constellation of Goodby Silverstein and Partners. That's how we first came together. And I've called you my heroine. I don't know, so many things. The work that you do is so wise helpful and wildly entertaining at the same time. You're this amazing blend of juicy words, deep wisdoms, helpful tips, and just you unlock everybody. And I I think just sitting in conversation with you is such a powerful and potent experience because we get to put these two things together. That's right. And you know what we're going to do, Bonnie, is we are going to have a sleepover and we're going to get in our Nam Jams and we're going to take it even further and it's going to be the best and I can't even stand it. So thank you so much for coming on to my show and I cannot wait for all the book celebrations. I'm going to be that girl that shows up to all the book launch parties. Do it. Your hype woman is right here looking at you. So thank you so, so much, honey. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I love you. Love you back. Hey, if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest podcast episodes delivered hot off the press or share this with someone who could use it. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe and get on that newsletter. You get fresh tips every Monday morning to set you up for the week. And on the last Saturday of the month, you'll get a short email with my favorite things that I'm into. If you're dealing with a tough client or work situation and you need better skills for managing hard conversations, check out my No Enemy Conversation course. It's at noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com and it is self-paced and it is all there for you. Lastly, if your company or organization needs a high-voltage keynote speaker who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I am your gal. I have two dozen different fantastic keynote topics and you and I, we can make something killer happen. So shoot me a note, 
and let's do it. That's Bronwyn at BronwynCommunications.com. Take care and shine on. We need your light.